I stand up here today in coat and tie, not because I'm preaching, but for 36 years, I was a meat cutter for Winn-Dixie. And we wore coat and tie, white coat, white shirt and tie every day. And I served here on staff for 21 years as outreach minister. And I wore a tie then. And so it's just, when I come to church, I feel like God, I have a tie. So don't get offended because I'm up here in a tie because I think you all are a perfect image of God's church. He takes all of us. And so let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, my wife and I uh, had gone through divorce. Uh, she'd been divorced, I'd been divorced, and we'd met each other. And in our eyes, we had everything in the world we needed. I had a woman that loved me, I loved her. We had great children. And we used to go to the Catholic Church Cross Street. A lot of my children were raised Catholic. And I had drifted away from church, what church I had. I didn't really have a church. Uh, my grandparents taught me more about church than anyone. And that's the reason I think age is so important. It gives us a chance to share. And so uh, I was one of those kind that we went mass on Easter, Christmas, you know, all important days. But my dad passed away. And my dad was an alcoholic. Uh, had not been in my life a whole lot in my uh, growing up years, forming years. But because of my wife uh, insisting I go visit him, he lived in a little rooming house down on 3rd Street. And so we built a close relationship. And so when he died, we were from down in the country. And there was an old-fashioned preacher uh, Reverend McDonald, and he said, I want to do your dad's funeral, sure. And I could not tell you exactly what he preached that day other than he made one statement. And my dad's name was Edgar. He said, if a man could be prayed into heaven, it would be Edgar Sanders. And the reason he made that statement was my grandfather was a great man of prayer, great inspiration. And when he prayed at nighttime down the country, didn't have any electricity or anything, I guess he thought God couldn't hear him, so you could hear him pray all over the house. And this preacher used that as an example. And now why did that stick with me? Only God. Well, that happened in 1983. Everything went on fine. We had a new house, new car, family. I had everything I needed. But guess what? God picks us sometimes even when we're not looking for him. And so one morning, well, every Sunday morning, my big thing was to get up and read the paper and let family sleep in. Well, guess what? Paper wasn't there. So I turned on the TV. wasn't nothing but religious programs. So I was trying to find something in 1985. October 27th, I'll never forget that day. And this guy, I didn't know who he was at that time, never heard of him before, it turned out to be Jimmy Swigert. And he was preaching. So what, big deal. I just waiting for paper to come. And this is where I got a firm hold of what God can do and what his power is. 
And so when he got to the end of the service, back then they did invitation, he said, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he gave an invitation and he said, if you would like to accept Christ as your savior, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. So I'm sitting there watching. And guess what? I hear myself reciting it. Well, it scared the fire out of me. I didn't know what was going on, had no idea. So I went and woke up by it, and I said, uh, come on, we're going to church. Where are we going? I don't care. I said, you want to go to the Most Blessed Sacrament? You want to go to Carlisle? I said, my mom went here. And I said, well, I guess we'll go where mom goes. So she called my mom, and she said, uh, we're going to church. I told her what happened. And my mom first said, well, I don't feel good. I'm not going. And she told her what happened. She said, I'll meet you there. So that was October 27, 1985, and that's when my relationship with the Lord really began. And this is where I'm so thankful for this church because I've never been to another church. But because when my wife says, if we do this, we're going to do it right. I said, what do you mean do it right? She said, we're going to Sunday school too. So I know y'all don't have Sunday school now. You have weekly Bible studies, whatever it is. So that's when I began to learn what the Bible really meant. To me, the Bible was, we had a big old Bible that somebody gave us, but we kept pictures in it and records. And so my mind began to open up to what Christ is. And so over the years, I have learned so much that it, it scares me sometimes why God has allowed me to be one of his children why he has allowed me to be where I am today. And so today we're going to be looking at this sermon. But even every day God speaks to us different ways. This morning in Sunday school class, uh, our lesson right now is called Lasting Investments. And one of the questions they asked us was, uh, says, they reminded us that believers should be motivated by the value of living a godly life as opposed to material gain. So what is our main objective here on this earth? And then they ask us a question. It says, what was your first job? So for each one of you all, what was your first job you ever had? My answer was water boy. <laughs> on a construction job over here on 7th Street. And it says, were you satisfied with it? I said, no. <laughs> but I never thought about God's hand is on us even when we don't know God because he's the God that created each one of us. And he has a plan. And I think that's where in Daniel we look at this and we've got to remember that uh, God has given Daniel wisdom. He's given him guidance. He's given him direction. Remember last week? And Brother Nick talked about uh, what an influence that Daniel had had on the king because the old king was having wild dreams and couldn't figure out what was going on. And so when we're in those situations, I hope that all of us will stop and think, why has God got me in this position? And so I'm going to read the uh, first 23 verses. And I'm reading now the New Living Translation. Uh, I know in your alls it's written different there. Uh, but I've learned that as I study the Bible, I need to do it in something that puts it in today's language that 
fits this old man. And so verse 1, he starts out, he says, One night, the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such a disturbing dream that he couldn't sleep. He called in his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers, and he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed. And they stood before the king and he said, I've had a dream that deeply troubles me and I must know what it means. Now, the first thing we think about, so what? But God's got all things under control and he's lining things up and as we go through this, we'll see how Daniel is going to be used to open his mind. He says, Then the astrologers answered to the king in Aramaic, Long live the king, tell us the dream, and we will tell you what it means. But the king said to the astrologers, I'm serious about this. If you won't tell me what the dream was and what it means, you'll be torn from limb to limb. And your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. But if you tell me what I dreamed, what the dream means, I will give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream of what it means. So what does that remind you of when we get in that situation in life? And this is what I want, I want, I want. But we, do we stop and think, what does God want me to do? Do we have, well, maybe I shouldn't even bring this up, government leaders today that are seeking God's wisdom? No. They want what they want. And that's where our nation is. But we've got to remember that God is the God that is in complete control. So he says, you know what? I'll give you lots of money if you'll just tell me what my dream means. Do we get that away sometimes with God? Of course, we can't offer him money. But do we have things that we wonder what God is doing with us? Where do we go for our answers? Do we go to magicians, enchanters, astrologers? But he says in verse 7, and then again, he says, Please, your majesty, tell us a dream, and we will tell you what it means. And the king replied, I know what you're doing. You're stalling for time because you know I'm serious of what I say. If you don't tell me the dream, you're doomed. So you have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I'll change my mind, but tell me the dream, and then I'll know that you can tell me what it means. Do people today, do they go looking for what things mean? Are they trying to decide why is this happening? But who has the real answer? As we go on, we'll find out. The astrologers replied to the king, No one on earth can tell the king his dream. And no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods, little g, can tell you what your dream, and they do not live here among people. So even they had some wisdom. But the king was furious, says the king was furious when he heard this, and he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. And of course, we know last week, we already found out that Daniel was already one of the good guys on the list. The king liked Daniel. 
And because of the king's decree, men were sent to kill Daniel and his friends. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to them, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. Where do you think his wisdom and discretion was coming from? From our God. Do you think Daniel at that time in his life even realized that God was talking to him? That he was getting the wisdom? Did I realize when I was a divorced man and God was talking to me through a TV preacher? Did I think that was God? No. And that's what I'm hoping I can make all of us start thinking today that God is with us every minute of every day. And he is the God that has all the answers and he is the God that has the plan. So he asked Arioch, why has the king issued such a harsh degree? So Arioch told him all that had happened. And it says, Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. Where do you think he got this thought in his mind from? To try to intervene. God was working on him even before he realized how powerful God was. It says, verse 17, Then Daniel went home and told his friends Hananiah, Michelle, Ezra, what had happened. It made me stop and think, who would we go talk to when we have things that are serious in our life? Our Christian brothers and sisters. So he urged them, and I'm sure he was there in the crowd with them, Verse 18, he urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling him the secret. But the reason, he says, so that they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. That night the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Now I think this Daniel begins to wake up. The next one says, then Daniel praised the God of heaven. And so I thought, do we go through situations in our life when all of a sudden God just opens that window for us and we realize what God wants us to do? And that makes me think about us here in this church. You got this old guy standing up here, coat and tie on, and all y'all are casual. What is God doing? Why does he have you here? This is part of his plan. So Daniel says in verse 20, he said, praise the name of God forever and ever. For he has all of the wisdom and power. He controls the course of all world events. Remember, God is what? Immortal? We even talk about this morning sometimes in Sunday school. He's lasted. He was in the beginning. He's at the end. And we have a lot of people in this world who created him. But our God is the God that created everything. He created this church. Why did God put a few people over on Taylor Boulevard in a little house back in the boonies 107 years ago? <laughs> to start a church out here in the south end of Lowell, 
gravel road out here. Nothing. This was out in the boonies. And God has kept his church here now for 107 years because of obedience. But he's the same God that is sovereign over Daniel. He's sovereign over us. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up kings. So do we have leaders in our world today that want command, that want control? But guess what? God is one who controls them, but they don't realize it. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. Now, who is this? Who's the wise and who's the scholars? Y'all. Because you're exposed to God's word. And that's where I hope all of us, uh, I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord. I don't know where you're at as far as you're reading the Bible, studying the Bible. But the Bible has got so much wisdom in it. I never dreamed that I would ever learn that much about God. It's what I've learned over the last 34 years. And that's what I hope to share with you all today, that we have a God that is here for each and every one of us, regardless of what age we are. But he says he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. Then it says he reveals deep and mysterious things, and he knows what's hidden in darkness. So there's not one thing that we have to worry about asking God about. Not one thing. And then it says, though he is surrounded by light. And our God, we even talked about this morning, Sunday ago, that the sinners, if God walked in the room right now, they wouldn't even be able to see him. He is so bright, that light. They could not see through it. And so we have so much to be happy about that I hope that uh, soon I'll see all these seats here full in here too. But in verse 23, he says, I thank and praise you, God, of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. So Daniel is now, where is he getting all his strength from? From God. He says, You have told me what we ask of you and revealed to us what the king commanded. So guess what? Daniel don't have no doubts at all anymore, does he? But I won't go through all the rest of it all in first forty eight. But we've got to remember that the God that was back there then, remember some of the other ones? Well, let me read in Second Peter from you, where Peter is really writing to the people, telling them what's so important about the church and what their main objective is. And so he's giving them some personal testimonies right now. And y'all remember who Peter is? How many times did he deny Christ? He's even more hard-headed than I was. I don't know how, how old do you think Peter was. Maybe he was over 52. I don't know. But he says in verse 16 through 21, says, For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the power of our Lord Jesus Christ and his coming again. And, of course, we know what was going on back then. There was a lot of doubt. People were saying, well, that's not true. He didn't die. He didn't raise. I mean, but it goes on. He says this. 
We have seen his majestic splendor with our own eyes. And do you remember who was there on the transfiguration? Silk, James, John, they saw it happen. He said, we have seen these things with our own eyes. And he received honor and glory from God the Father when he cried, glorious and majestic voice called down from heaven. Remember, they were standing there. And he says, this is my beloved son. I'm fully pleased with him. We ourselves heard the voice from heaven, and we were with him on the holy mountain. You think that changed Peter's mind? Now we know what happened at the end. Let me go back here. In uh, verse 44, it says, During the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or crushed. It says, It will crush these kingdoms with no- into nothingness, it will stand for- forever. Uh, and then it goes on and tells about one made out of silver, one made out of gold, and all this stuff. But then finally, Nebuchadnezzar wakes up. And in verse 46, then King Nebuchadnezzar throws himself down before Daniel and worships Daniel. And he commanded his people to offer sacrifices and burn sweet incense before him. The king said to Daniel, truly, your God is the greatest of gods. The Lord over kings, a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this secret. And we know this is where Daniel got the power. He revealed the secrets to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, we're not in that particular thing right now, but I think sometimes... uh, I made so many notes that I forgot where I wrote what... But there's one thing that has stuck with me. Uh, well, I don't even know where I wrote it. Now you know I'm not a preacher. But there's a sign on a sign that says to know God is not better than to be with God. So we can study God. We can know all the details. We can know everything there is about the Bible. But are we with God? And so that is the main thing that I want to think about today with you all. And so I thought my challenge today would be, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it, my challenge today is for you to examine where you are in your walk with the Lord. Why has God brought you here to Sojourn Church Carlisle? What is his plan for you and I? And then the big one is, will we follow his will? And so I just want to be reminding of you that uh, regardless of your age, if you're young, if you're in your senior years, that we serve 
whatever God calls us to do. And sometimes us seniors, we think, well, we don't have a whole lot of time left, so what's he going to do? But that's not my worry. Why has he got me up here today, scaring me to death? Brother James called me last night, and he said, are you ready? <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> but if we will just be obedient to what God tells us to do, I think we'll see great things happen. And so I think God will use all of us together as he gives us opportunities to work together. He'll give us wisdom. He'll give us power to accomplish what he wants us to do together. And we'll always be with the Lord forever. And then I put something in here. I don't know if it even fits anymore or not. But Winston Churchill, I was reading the other day, made this statement. We make a living by what we get. But we make a life by what we give. What can we give to the Lord that would make our life better? And I wrote ourselves. Because that is what is going to make it possible. But guess what? God will be satisfied, but I guess who's going to get all the fun things? Who's going to get all the joy out of doing his work? And that's what reminds me is all the blessings I would have missed if that Sunday morning in 1985, if I had just said, turned it off and said, wow, I'm glad that guy's done. Do our answers make a difference? Has God got a plan for us? And I think all of you all know that. But there are a lot of people around the south end of the little area that do not know the Lord. And so one of the things that I've been praying for that, well, how many of y'all were here that Wednesday night we had the big family gathering? I didn't even know what it was, but I came to it. Guess what? The whole bottom of this church was full. You couldn't find the parking places out here. They were parked down at the gym. They were on all over the streets. Can you imagine what the neighbors were thinking? That's just an indication of what God's going to do. And so I thought, you know, if we could just all be praying for God to begin working. Now, I lived up on Homeview in 1985. Who was praying for me? Why did God put all that together that morning? But if we're not obedient, we would have missed many blessings. So, I've got to take this in. I know we don't normally do any kind of invitation. But I wrote down, I worry that we might be or there might be someone here today that is not sure of the relationship with Jesus Christ. There might be somebody in this room that is not sure who Jesus is. They might be in a walk with the Lord. They're not sure what he is. But I just want to encourage you that either talk to Brother James, me, Nick, fill out one of the connection cards. Uh, those are just ways that we can talk to you and let you know what God has for you because it would be a shame for you to miss a lot of blessings in life if I didn't tell you what God has. And so that's what I just want us to remember that God used Daniel 
He's used me in his example, but he can use each one of you all for his work in the city and his church. So would you all pray with me? Father, we are eternally grateful that you've allowed us to share together here to worship you. I thank you so much for the worship team that uh, music put together so well to remind us of what a great God that you are. But Father, I just ask that you would just continue your work here with us, that all of us would be uh, your children, that you would use each one of us, that we would be able to experience the glory and the happiness that you have for us. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.